Our Heidelberg Catechism explains for us Scripture's teaching uh, from the Lord's Prayer. And in Lord's Day 50, on page 562, in, if you're reading along in your books of praise, it explains for us the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer. And so we'll read from our Catechism. It asks, what is the fourth petition? Give us this day our daily bread. That is... Provide us with all our bodily needs, so that we may acknowledge that you are the only fountain of all good, and that our care and labor, and also your gifts, cannot do us any good without your blessing. Grant, therefore, that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures, and place it only in you. And after we have listened to God's word proclaimed this afternoon, we'll continue singing from Psalm 111, the remaining stanzas 3, 4, and 5. Beloved brothers and sisters, in our Lord Jesus Christ, Why are you here this afternoon? Why have you come to church? Or if you're not able to come to church, why are you worshiping with us on live stream? What's your reason? What's your motivation? Well, you might say, I feel better when I come to church. Verse 1 talks about the, the company of the upright in the congregation. And so when we are gathered together with other upright people, we're, we're built up. We, we feel better being able to gather together with God's people. And that's a good reason to come to church. But it's not the main one. We might say, well, we come to church to call upon the Lord and because we, we need things from God. As we'll see this afternoon, we need our daily bread from His hand. We need His care and protection. Our soul craves His, his love and, and His forgiveness. Is that why we're here, to uh, come before the Lord in prayer to ask Him for what we need? Again, those are good reasons, but again, they're not the main reason we come here to worship. Our text this afternoon begins by describing what a worship service is all about. It says, praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright and in the congregation. And so our worship service is about praising the Lord, giving thanks to him. And then the following verses tell us why we do so. It says, Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Full of splendor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. And so we are here to praise the, the name of the Lord and to worship him because of the things that he has done. We are here to remember the works of the Lord, to study them and to delight in them. That's what worship is about. That's why we begin and end with trusting in the Lord and by leaving with his blessing. We sing songs praising God for his works. We praise God in prayer. We hear his works proclaimed in the preaching. And that's why so many psalms consist of a long list of the works that God has done. We'll sing one of them later on in the, in the service, Psalm 136. Long list of, of all the works that God has done for His people Israel. And talks about His steadfast love endures forever. 
because we need reminders of God's wondrous work so that we will more and more praise Him. And so today we remember God's works. We remember His work in providing us with, with food, with our daily bread, with our bodily needs. And this work of God, it might seem a whole lot less important than, than some of the other things that God has done for us. The great things, His salvation, His forgiveness of sins, how He has defeated Satan. But the Lord Jesus doesn't think so. Of the three petitions of the Lord's Prayer that are about what God does for us, our daily bread comes first. And it's also given an important place in our psalm as well as it remembers the things that God has done. And yes, the Lord's Prayer and our text do remember God's salvation, but it also does not forget how wonderful it is that the Lord provides food for those who fear Him. And so we'll see that this afternoon the wonder of, of God's works in also providing us with food and our bodily needs. And so I've summarized our, uh, the sermon with this theme. With the fourth petition, we ask for and also trust in God's good gifts. And we'll see three things, the, the purpose of God's gifts, the extent of His gifts, and the result of His gifts. So firstly, the purpose of God's gifts. Why is it that God blesses us with our daily bread? And, well, you might think, say, well, the answer to that question, Pastor Ben, is obvious. We need daily bread. We need food every day. And God loves us, and so he provides us with it. And that's true. But that's not the first reason our catechism tells us that God gives us our daily bread. It doesn't say God gives us our daily bread because we need it. It says, provide us with all our bodily needs so that we may acknowledge you. So that we may acknowledge that you are the only fountain of all good. And so we receive God's gifts, his, his food and our other bodily needs, first for God and for his glory. And our psalm is all about that. It's all about the, the works of God and the great things God has done in, in helping his people. Verse 5 especially talks about the food that he has given. It says he provides food for, for those who fear him. But there's other blessings that God has given his people too. He's given them inheritance in the, the land of Canaan. He's, he's given them the promised land. Verse 9 talks about how he has given them redemption. And there's many other great things that, that God has given. And the psalm makes very clear that God does all of these things. He gives all these gifts to his people so that they will remember him. So that they will praise and glorify him. The Lord helps us first so that we will acknowledge his greatness. So that we will worship him. And that might sound kind of strange. Because if a human being had that motivation, said, I'm going to help you so that you will acknowledge how great I am, so that you will praise and worship me, we would say, well, that's, that's a sinful motivation. We do not help others so that people will realize how great we are and remember our name and trust in us. In fact, we have to fight hard against the temptation to do exactly that, don't we? to act so that people will praise us. And so why does God act this way? Is God being egocentric and, and selfish when he does good so that we will remember him and praise his name? No. It is different with God because he is, is perfectly good. As verse 7 describes it, the works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They're established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. 
It is because God is good and holy and perfect that he is worthy to be adored and worshipped. And it is because his works are faithful and, and perfectly just that they should be remembered. They must be remembered and celebrated. Our works are not to be celebrated because they are not perfect. And so they don't really deserve it. We don't deserve to be praised for our goodness because any goodness we have is not really ours to begin with. It's, it's a gift of God. But God's works are His alone, and His justice and righteousness and all His works are, are perfect and always true. And so God is indeed worthy of our worship and, and adoration. And so that's the first reason why God showers His good gifts on us. Provide us with all our bodily needs, says our Lord's Day, so that we will acknowledge that you alone are the fountain of all good. And so anyone who receives God's provisions, God's blessing, and then becomes proud of what they have, is committing a serious sin. Because when we are proud or of what we have, or jealous of what others have, on the other hand, we are saying that it is by my hard work and, and my sacrifice and my goodness that I have these things, or I deserve those things. And then not only are we failing to give thanks to God, we are also missing the whole point of why God gives us his gifts in the first place. And so that's why we have this petition. That's why every mealtime we, we pray to God for his blessing on the food that we are eating. That's why every day we pray for God's help on our work, on, our, on all our daily things. It reminds us that every blessing that we have comes from God and we have to praise and glorify him for it. So we acknowledge God. That's first why he blesses us. But that's not the only reason. God does indeed bless us with our bodily needs because he loves us. And verse 4 talks about this. It talks about how the Lord is gracious and merciful. And when the psalm talks about God's grace and mercy, we would expect that the next words would, would talk about God's salvation, how he has redeemed his people. And, and it gets to that later, but the first thing it mentions when it talks about God's mercy and grace is food. It says, he provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. It is even God's, God's food that, that he provides his people. It's part of his covenant love. And so every blessing we receive from God is a sign of how much God loves us. Of course, we, of course we also remember that God has redeemed us. Of course, we remember every, in everything that he has sent his son to pay the, the infinite penalty for our sins to free us from slavery to sin and Satan. We remember, as, a, as it talks about in this Lord's Day, how God has given us an inheritance, an, an eternal inheritance in the, in, on the new heaven and the new earth with him. But we also remember that he gives us our basic needs today. Food, clothing, drink, a place to sleep. And he does this because he loves us. Because he has sworn in a covenant to us at our baptism that he will be our father. And as a good father, he will provide us with all the things we need for our soul, but also for our body. And so, brothers and sisters, do, do you remember this? Do you remember all that God has given you? Or, on the other hand, do you sometimes wonder where God is? Wonder why he hasn't given you enough, or at least what it seems like? 
In times when, when God seems very far away, when, when we feel unsure of, of what he has done, one thing that our psalm teaches us to do is to remember. To remember his, his wondrous works and meditate on all his gifts. And so, and so if you're, you're in moments of doubt and God is feeling far away, you can, of course, remember his, his spiritual gifts. You can remember how, how Christ has died on the cross for your sins and you have forgiveness. You can remember God's love and God's mercy. But it might also help you in, in such times to remember God's, God's gifts that you can see, his physical gifts. The food that you have in your house and on your table, the, the drink that you have, the job that you have, the family and the friends that you have, the, the sleep and the recreation that he permits you. These things are all direct from God's hand and they're tangible proof of his love. Now, he doesn't give us these things all of the time. Sometimes we, we lack a job. Sometimes God's people lack in, in food or, or in shelter or, or in friends and so on. But at any given time, we do have many things that, that we have received from God's hand. And we can use them to remember, to, to prove to us his love for us. Our petition reminds us that God gives us our basic, our daily needs. But it's also teaching us that the Lord is the only fountain of all good. And he is a fountain overflowing with goodness and blessing. And so we see from this psalm that it's overflowing with delighted joy as, as God blesses his people. And, and God gives gifts to us not just so that we will barely survive, but he gives us so many gifts so that we can take great joy and, and delight in his love and his blessing. And again, it's not true all of the time for all of God's people that they have an abundance. There were times in Israel's history where they suffered famine and, and poverty and, and war. And so there are Christians today who, who suffer from poverty and lack. And all of us at some times in our lives struggle with, with lacking one thing or another. But even then, we can find joy in God's continued faithfulness, uprightness, and redemption. And we can wait for a time when God's physical provisions will overflow, even if it is in the next life. And when God does richly bless us with, with more than we need, which is true of many of us right now, it is essential that we recognize that these blessings come from God. Our human nature is such that no matter how much we have, we, we always want for more. We we always want the, the joy that something shiny and new provides, even though that quickly fades and we have to find the next new thing. The, the thankfulness we, we ought to have for our possessions sometimes pales when we see others with so much more that we could want for our, that we'd want for ourselves. But that's not the Christian attitude that this petition teaches us. It reminds us to, to count our blessings, to notice the gifts that God has given us, not comparing them with others, but so that we can take joy and delight, not in the possessions themselves, but in the God who loves us and delights to bless us. And so God's blessings are given to teach us to worship God, to find our joy in God, and to thank Him for all that we have. And that takes us to our second point, the extent of God's blessings. When our Lord Jesus Christ crafted this petition, of the Lord's Prayer. He did so very carefully. For example, the first word of the petition, give. 
It's a word that we're used to using in the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. But it is quite a remarkable word. Because the word give teaches us that we are allowed to ask for what we need from God. And we are allowed to ask for it with confidence and boldness. Now, the word give is is not a demanding word. We do not dare to demand what we want from God as if God is a sort of cosmic butler who has to give us everything we ask for. But Jesus also doesn't teach us to to grovel and, and beg before God when we ask for our daily needs. He says, simply ask, give us this day our daily bread. And on the one hand, that makes sense. We begin the Lord's Prayer by remembering that God is our Father in heaven. And children should never have to beg from their parents, from their father or mother, for their daily, daily needs. Because it is their parents' task to provide them with their daily needs, with their food and drink and shelter. And a good and loving parent will always be ready to give their children whatever they need. A child that has to beg for their daily needs has abusive, not loving parents. Our children, if you have children, they do sometimes beg. But that's usually because they're asking for more than they need. They're asking for new toys at the store, or they're asking for screen time, or something, that, something that's not really necessary, and so they sometimes resort to begging. But children do not have to beg for daily needs, for their meal times and such. But children also should never demand from their parents. And they should never demand from their parents even what they need. Because when we demand something, it means that we deserve it, that we have earned it. But children have not earned even their needs. They are gifts. And this is exactly what our Lord Jesus is teaching us as well. That we may confidently ask God for what we need is an awesome privilege. Even more than our our children, we do not deserve from God's hand anything, not even our daily needs. And yet He is such a gracious and merciful God that He provides for everything we need, for body and soul, simply out of His love and grace. And He calls us to, to ask for what we need, but He also calls us to ask for it with confidence. And we are also told by our Lord Jesus to ask for what we need today. As Jesus says very memorably in, in Matthew 6, do not worry about tomorrow. Do not bother, do not, you don't need to ask for tomorrow's needs today. Just ask for the things you need for today and your heavenly Father will provide them and then tomorrow is a new day and you worry about it then. And then we're also told to ask for our daily bread. And these words include, says our, our Lord's Day, all of our bodily needs Whatever we need to live our, our life, the, the basic human necessities, food, drink, shelter, health, fellowship. But the catechism also teaches us to think further than just these things. It says our care and our labor are also gifts from God. We tend to think of the care that we give to others and the labor we fill our days with as, as ours. This is our, our work, the, the things that we are doing. And in one sense they are. God commands us to love our neighbor as ourselves, to, to work hard. But ultimately, these things too, also the work that we, that we do every day, these are a gift from God. So any care and love that, that we add of the love in our hearts that we show to others, 
This is first coming from God. It is the overflow of God's love working in our hearts. And so the the strength and the health that we have to be able to to do the, the work that God gives us, this too comes only because of God's blessing. And so reminds our catechism also God's care, also our care and our labor do us no good if God doesn't bless us. And so this petition, petition reminds us of that. And that's why it's a good petition to pray in the morning before we begin our daily tasks. Give us this day our daily bread. That is also our care and our labor. Do not do us any good without your blessing. When we do not pray that, that petition to God each morning, otherwise we we very often go about our day in our own strength. When we do not pray this petition enough, we often assume that it is by our hard work and and our dedication and devotion to our jobs that our day will succeed. And we know that that's what we think when we get angry or panicked when things do not go well and go according to our plan. And so God gives us this petition to remind ourselves that as we go about our daily task, it is God's blessing And it is God's work that's really important. And if he does not bless us, we will not succeed. But if God does bless us, our work will succeed one way or another, even if it's not always in the way that we expect. And thirdly, let's also see the result of God's gifts. And so if we remember this petition hopefully every day, we begin to to realize that God truly does provide us with everything we need for each day, even if it is not always what we might wish or want for ourselves. As we begin to see the many gifts and blessings that God pours out on us, as we we count our blessings and begin to, to thank God for them, and then wonderful things happen. And our Lord's Day asks for these extra, this extra thing in conclusion. It says at the end, Grant therefore that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it only in you. It's a reminder that in the end, this petition is indeed about more than just our bodily needs, God's physical gifts. These things are just a symbol that we need to put our trust in God alone. And we have a whole commandment that deals with this, as you may know, when God says, you shall have no other gods before me. And there's a whole petition in the Lord's Prayer that also teaches this, hallowed be your name. And so we might ask ourselves, why does the catechism bring this up again? The fact that we have to trust in the, the Lord alone. Well, the reason is because what we think about our bodily needs is a very good test whether we do actually trust in the Lord or whether our trust is in ourselves or or some other person. How we treat our physical possessions or our physical health can tell us whether our trust is in creatures or in God. Ask any Christian if, if they trust in God alone and they'll say, yes, of course. But then take away that Christian's money when their business comes crashing down around their ears. Or take away our possessions in a house fire, or our health with a cancer diagnosis? And then, do we trust in the Lord alone? How would we react? 
And there's a reason why our Lord Jesus spends a lot of his short time on earth talking about money. It's not because money is so intrinsically important necessarily, but it's because how we handle money, what we spend our time thinking about, what we do with the gifts that God has given us, this tells us where our heart is. It's very easy to put our trust in full bank accounts, successful careers or businesses, or an abundance of possessions instead of in God. And so this petition has a deeper purpose than just about asking God for our daily needs. It also draws out what our heart is truly on. It also teaches us to withdraw our trust from all creatures and to withdraw our trust from our possessions and our money and our careers and so on and to place it only in God. And when we do that, wonderful things happen in our life. Our text makes that very clear as well. It, begin, it tells us this at the, at the end of our psalm in verse 10. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. When we look to our possessions, to ourselves for our needs, to our own strength, when we build up our position here on earth, we will seem wise in the world's eyes. People will compliment our work ethic, how hard, we, how hard we work. People will speak enviously of our success. But in the end, they and we are likely to be fools. Supreme foolishness is not praying and, and not living according to this petition, thinking that we can provide for ourselves what we need. But it is when we withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it only in God that we will be truly wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Everything good, says the psalm, starts with fearing the Lord, with trusting in Him, recognizing that He is the only fountain of all good, that He knows best for us, that, that nothing we have is worth anything without the Lord's blessing. When we do that, we may, in the end, have less possessions. We may give away more of what we have to those who have greater need than us. We may work less on our businesses or our careers so that we have more time to spend with our family, our church family, the, the community. But we will, in the end, be more wise, more blessed, more closer to the Lord. And we will also have more joy because true joy does not come from an abundance of possessions, but it comes from fearing the Lord and in all our ways acknowledging Him. And so that's why we have this petition. We have this petition because we need things. We need our daily needs. We need food and drink and, and health and everything else from the Lord. But we also have this petition to teach us to trust God alone. That nothing does any good without His blessing. And so we pray this petition also to ask God to work that in our hearts, to help us to, with, to withdraw our trust from all creatures, to not trust in the things that we have in our physical possessions, in our abundance, nor to become afraid when we do not have much abundance. Instead, we pray this petition to ask God so that we will trust in Him alone. Amen.